Bill Corbett, of course, is one of the the three heads of the three-headed monster that is known as Rift Tracks. Of course, he is also uh, from one of the greatest comedy shows in the history of television, Mystery Science Theater 3000. He is kind enough today to join us to talk a little bit about the writer strike and the actor strike now crippling the entertainment industry. Hey, Bill. Hey, Matt. Uh, good to talk to you. Good to talk to you, my friend. And by the way, if you're not following his Twitter, Blue Sky, all these things, you need to be following Bill because he actually has some really good, if I can say, political tweets, which actually make an incredible amount of sense. I loved your one today about the New Yorker head, uh, front cover. That was absolutely spectacular. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah there's, there's a New Yorker uh, front cover co coming out about how the skyscrapers there are all going bankrupt or a lot of the big buildings and just wanted to it just feels like they're gearing up to say hey this is everybody's problem and i'm kind of like no no no, no not really <laughs> that's a, that's a, it's called business you speculated and uh winners losers that's what happens that's not our fault well, man. i mean you know it's like they they privatize it's the old thing privatize the profit socialize the losses yeah. keep seeing that from the wrong people you are you you are a writer you are an actor you have done both yeah. uh you have you, you, first of all just i want to get your thoughts what what do you think about this the, the strike i mean it seems like we i i seem to completely understand the side of the writers and the actors here because technology is starting to change so much that if they don't stand up right now it will forever kind of, you know, diminish their their talents, their abilities, and their their livelihood, the ability for them to make an income. Yeah, and it was precarious enough to begin with. You know, even at even uh, you know in the best days of Union Strong for the WGA and SAG-AFTRA, there are things that are are just unaddressed, and part of it is bigger than the unions. Like a lot of it is. You know, there's no universal health care, so people depend on making a certain amount of money every year through the union to get health care, and when they go below that, they don't get it, which is cruel. Um, and I've experienced it as a screenwriter. When my family was young, I was, like, earning, 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 and then I stopped getting to that level, and then all of a sudden, like, okay, you can uh, you can get Cobra if you want. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God. Yeah. So, so even at its best, it was kind of dubious. But now it's just, it's like everything else, it seems to me, Matt, where it's just uh, chipping away and using technology as sort of a, a you know, a, a blunt instrument to claw back what was there to begin with. And it's not to say that there aren't thorny issues that would exist anyway about streaming and technology and you know AI or whatever else, but it, it, you can see them always using it to kind of like grab more and give us less there is a there is a mirage here that these executives of these these entertainment companies are making millions and millions and millions of dollars i mean they're in making insane amounts of money yet what's happened is and one of the reasons why they've been able to is that the platforms that are available are so numerous and so many now that they can have constant product out in, in constant revenue streams. I mean, I just think about the ABC Disney group and, you know, ESPN and Hulu and the Disney Plus and then the movies they're trying to put out and all these things they're doing. They, they've got so many things. It gives them the ability 
oh, you know, we're just going to release this on Netflix so we don't have to pay you that much. It seems like the, 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 the business model is a mirage. They're making a ton of money, but even though there are more opportunities for actors and writers, there's less of the pot to go around. And it really has been, especially for the writers who started their strike a few months back, they've really seen them get hammered on this. Absolutely. I mean, you, you said it exactly right. There's just, you know, these have been game changers and, and uh, the COVID uh, period where people were watching everything and streaming certainly accelerated the, the devotion to or the dedication to resources put towards streaming, although that was in motion anyway. Um, these were all going to be game. And before that, it was just like Internet um in general, like what? So the issues keep coming up a mile a minute, um, but there is no good faith attempt to work things out in a way that will be sort of fair for everybody. Um, and it's it's gotten so cartoonishly bad; mm-hmm. that it's not even hard to figure out that that's what they're doing. They're saying that's what they're doing. Well, and, and isn't this also a bit of a? I mean, the, the, as you said, with the writers particularly, I mean, the, the disdain that the executives and these these corporations have for the writers, I mean, it's there's almost like, okay, fine, we'll just go with another reality series, you know, you know, ice road loggers or, you know, fishermen <laughs> or whatever. And that, that, that that's kind of when the mentality is that, well, we can, we can load up our program schedule with a bunch of reality shows that don't require any host, don't require any talent. As far as writers go, we just, we'll just have to have editors and you know, that's it. I mean, it, it does feel as if there has been this moving away that and a diminishing of the importance of the writer. Yeah, that and that has been again in place for a long time, long before the streaming stuff. I mean, man, it's how we got Trump on some level. Yeah. Like somebody gave him a reality show, um, and so that has been getting confused for a long time. And I think even given that it was accepted that well, there are still these good jobs out there. They're competitive. It's never an easy road for a writer, um, I can tell you from personal experience. But now it just feels like even if you do kind of reach that elite bunch, they're finding ways to claw it back, like hiring fewer writers, having shorter seasons, basically moving towards that sort of independent contractor model that businesses love, like corporate America loves across the board now. Like, we don't have to take care of you. We're basically Uber for, for writers, you know? <laughs> So, oh dear lord <laughs> yeah you know what i mean though it's like we are we're gonna like take you when we need you squeeze the, the all the work we can out of you and then not give you much and then bye-bye you're on your own so they're using they're using every excuse to do that uh bill corbett joining us riff tracks mst3k kind of talking about the strikes the the, the actors got involved here now yeah. i i would say i i think there, there is a combination platter here but their motivation, although the similar to the writers, is 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 something I find to be somewhat terrifying, and I can understand completely while they're out there. And as like you said, we can talk about healthcare benefits, pay. I mean, the is interesting. Yeah. I mean, there's a few people that are trying to take these actors to task, saying, "Oh, you make tons of money," and you find out like the the entire cast of Oranges and the New Black were working second jobs because they're getting paid exactly. so little on a hit series. There, it's the AI stuff, man. The idea yep. that these corporations now realize where there's going to be a technological advancement to where they want actors and writers to sign off their their abilities so that a computer can emulate them 
and produce product for the you know forever and ever and have to pay little or no royalties to the individuals that the product the 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 program is based on. Yeah, I mean that's the sort of creepy sci-fi yeah. thing that's emerging from this. I saw one version of one of the actors deals that what they really wanted, but the AM. TPT, I'm always getting that acronym wrong, but it's some combination of those letters. What the producers wanted was the ability to pay like an extra, uh, a very minimal amount to do like a one-day thing. But basically, if they film you, you're in the data bank and they can use your image and or voice, you know, ad infinitum. And it that is that is downright Orwellian. Mm-hmm. Um, the version for the writers, which I think might be a little less dramatic uh, and maybe less understood is that they want to be able to generate scripts through AI by typing in horror movies set in, I don't know, Boston in 1970, whatever, and then find out enough descriptive terms for it to blurt out some kind of screenplay. And then what they want writers for is to go, all right, well, that's not an original work of yours, but you can punch it up and make it good and uh, we can pay you chump uh, change. So that's kind of what they have in mind for the writer's version. But they're, yeah, I mean, AI is an increasing reality. I, I think it's a little exaggerated as to how effective it is yet. But, you know, I am not underestimating how effective it might be eventually. And they just, if they can find a way to not pay people, that's what they're going to use it for. Well, and I mean, it's, it's funny, the running man. Uh, you you and I both remember The Running Man with yep. Jesse, our former governor, in it. And there's a scene in there where they basically make up, you know, with fake actors and fake scripts and all this stuff, a, a scene which now, I mean, seems quaint. It's like, and as a matter of fact, we, oh, we can do a much better version of this now. You know, also, and if I can put out, I mean, I think it was on Secret Invasion. That's the Disney Plus series. I was reading yeah. that the entire opening credits were done by AI which, you know, that's just, I think, Disney just rubbing it in their face saying, hey, we can do this. Look at what we do with these credits just with AI, you know, emulating what we wanted to do. It's it's kind of like you better take the deal or else sort of thing. I, I think it is, you know, I agree with wholeheartedly with both the writers and the, the actors and whatever their perspective is on this, that if they don't nip this in the bud now, that it's just, you know, how, how would you feel if 300 years down the road they were using your likeness with a, and you weren't getting a dime for it? Exactly. Or your ancestors. Like, really? <laughs> I mean, this creepy movie, my great-great-grandfather? Well, yeah, it, it's weird. It's weird in all sorts of ways. Well, you have been part of pop culture. Just looking at riff tracks, I mean, you know, you uh, and, and Kevin and Mike, you guys do this thing. If someone was just to get your, you know, you know, okay, we're going to create AI versions of you, you know, <laughs> this is like your livelihood. They could just, you know, create a television channel and just we'll just insert them in, make the jokes, make sure there's no no you know, Effenheimers, and and off they go, and they and then and do this, I mean, or make sure there are. That's what well, you know, <laughs> after ten o'clock at night. Yeah. Uh, so, but you know, it, you know, for you guys, I mean, there's an art to this that I can honestly just see corporate America stomping the crap out of that, you know, cause they don't understand it. They don't get it. They don't do this and making a truly crap product, but just to make a ton of it so that they can you know, feed it to the masses. Yeah. I mean, I think that, I think that's not, that's just sort of the, the idea across the board is that, I, I don't know. It, it just felt like 
as rapacious as studios always have been on big corporations, there used to be at least a certain point of pride in the creative industries of like, well, we have these prestige things that we do. And I think there's still a sliver of that. Um, not everybody wants just pure, pure, you know, just profit and nothing else. They want to feel like they're part of something that's meaningful and good. But the more in the years that I've been involved with this, the people who don't give a dang about that are dominating more and more. And, you know, mm. it, has, it has to do with a greater, a greater thing than just our industry, of course. Well, and, you know, well. well, and it's network. I mean, back in the 1970s, you know, they were talking about network news back then. But it, it's it, it's that's where it started rolling downhill, you know, just this compromise after compromise after compromise. And here we get to a point where I've got to fill, you know, 24 hours in a day and I don't need another human being to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Serious. The other human beings are, are messy and you have to pay them and so. <laughs> they smell <laughs> um, the uh, Sarah Silverman is filed a lawsuit against one of the AI companies, you know, saying, you know, you yeah. like this. And it, the first thing I thought about is, and I don't, I know, I imagine you remember this was the college football players went after the, one of the video games and say, wait a minute, you're using our likeness in these video games. No, we need to get revenue. And as a matter of fact, the courts have sided with the players in that yeah. case, is there kind of a way that even if the corporate elitists want to say you're forced to do this, that the, the courts may come back and say, no, you can't take a Ryan Gosling and use him without his, you know, you know, complete and total, you know, accommodation here. And so you need to create a contract if you're going to do this, as opposed to just creating some sort of industry flat fee. Yeah, I mean, I, I think so, but I think it would have to account for the fact that they they probably wouldn't have the the temerity to just use like a Ryan Gosling or a Silver, Sarah Silverman as themselves, but they might, you know, mix it with other actors. I mean, it's kind of Frankensteinish when you think about it, but they might mix the likenesses enough, and they might use material like the, all the problem with AI is that everybody is sort of being used to train them. Um, and so what Sarah Silverman is saying in a way is you can't use my likeness and my material to train, you know, a sort of generic version of me mixed with other people. But it's tough if there's enough stuff going into that mix that, you know, to, to maybe trace your own part of it. So that's where it gets really weird. I mean, obviously, if they're just using Ryan Gosling, he can come back and say, nope, especially with the, you know, the clout he has and the agency he has, but... You know, Joe Actor from uh, Minneapolis, he's like SAG after and does some commercials for, uh, you know, General Mills every now and then is not going to have that clout. And so they could they could just put Joe Actor in there and maybe do a version of him and he would not be able to do much about it. I don't know. Well, they could do it in the style of Bill Corbett. We don't. Yeah. We want you to write a script in the style of Bill Corbett, and then well, act like. Yeah, and, exactly. it's, well, it's not Bill Corbett. It's in the style of Bill Corbett. Well, you know, if I can say on behalf of that, screw you. You know, it's like no, <laughs> you know, don't do that because that's you know yeah. that's your livelihood. There's a, I mean, Bill is a treasure for goodness sakes. You don't just replace that with a keyboard. I, I, I mean, I, it really is somewhat scary. You and I grew up. With all these movies and TV shows talking about how bad AI is, and it seems like, oh, well, wait a minute, we can do a meme with Cher and a pumpkin. Well, it's good now. And he was like, dear Lord, it's, it's, uh, we, we, we should know better than this. I've seen Skynet, man. Uh, we should know better. 
Nope, they're going marching right in. He's going there. That'll work for us. Can you make a reality show with Ryan Gosling? That's all we want to know. If it is, you can take over the nukes. Uh, uh, it is scary. Uh, not scary at all. And as, as as we still exist today, it is still going on. Rift Tracks is is there. Uh, currently, you're scheduled for August 17th. You're going to be doing the, oh, and I cannot believe you're doing this movie, Rad. What year was that yes. movie? That was 1980. Oh, my God. I don't have it in front of me, but I want to say 86 or something. Oh. Uh, yeah, peak 80s, uh, feathered hair and, uh, you know, really day glow colors. Um, I don't remember. I was there during that time. You're a little younger than me, but you were. You remember the 80s. I don't remember it being such a BMX bike fad going on, but apparently, according to this movie, nobody thought of anything else but BMX racing and stunt, <laughs> you know, making. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, and it was a movie that I think I was surprised to see a lot of people remembered fondly, and uh, so we're doing that one. It's it's fun because it's a, a bit of a different kind of movie for us. And so we don't have to make a hundred jokes about spiders or sharks. Or, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I can make a lot of jokes about BMX. You know what it was is they kept trying because they, they saw the skateboard craze because skateboards went crazy in the early yep. 80s. And this was them was like, this is like a skateboard only with two wheels on a bike. You know, and you're like, oh, I think God. You're exactly right. It feels like it's trying to get that skateboard energy, but it never quite took off. But uh, uh, this is yeah. going to be on August seventeenth. Uh, I will drive people to your website, rifttracks.com. Go to the live section, rifttracks.com. I'll link to this a little bit later on, uh, and people can find out the details about this. It's going to be—is it going to be simulcast across the country? Yes, indeed, hundreds and hundreds of theaters. I think uh, usually about six or seven hundred theaters carry it around the country. And you want to go see it? It's incredibly funny and a good way, especially. August 17th, pre-state fair. Great way to get some laughs in as, as you wrap up your summer here. So go check that out. Rift Tracks, once again, the movie is rad, and it's anything but. But I know that the Rift Tracks guys will, will take care of things for us. It'll be fun. Bill, uh, first of all, thank you very much for your insight. I, I you know I really appreciate it because I, I think that this is – I'm 100% on the side of the writers and the actors on this. This is this has got to stop, and you got to put some – guardrails up or else this is going to get really bad for a lot of people so i appreciate you coming on and uh t chatting about this issue well thank you as a member of both unions i really appreciate being given the chance to spout off about it here anytime you want to come on this show and throw a few effenheimers at the execs you just let me know my friend <laughs> All right. Thanks, Matt. Take care. Bill Corbett, kind enough to join us. Rift Tracks, once again, Rift Tracks Live is going to be on August 17th. Rifttracks.com backslash rad. I'll link to everything once again a little bit later on. Let's take a break. Come on back. Wrap up the show when we do return. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950.